After part one and two in our roadmap to start a successful trucking business, you have learned the importance of pre-planning and know what to expect going forward. Now the question is, how do I get started? Luckily, with your business plan in hand, the process will go much smoother, trust me. And in part three, let's get in the loop with Luke and chat about startup compliance. Well, the government has rules and wants you to pay your dues, but the rules are long, specific, and unique to particular circumstances and situations. So let's split this into three compliance sections, business compliance, licensing compliance, and DOT regulation compliance. Luckily for business compliance, my friend Chris O'Mealy dove into this topic about what you need in order to start your new company. Let's quickly listen to what he has to say. Take it away, Chris. First things first, we'll get you set up with an EIN or employer identification number. An EIN lets the IRS properly identify taxpayers that are required to file business tax returns. You will need to get this done right away so you aren't going up against the IRS when it's tax season. Remember, you are at Microsoft. You won't win that fight. Now you need to identify what type of business you are. There are several choices here, including C-Corps, S-Corps, LLCs, or partnerships. But we typically recommend that trucking startups operate their business as an LLC. To put it simply, an LLC, or limited liability corporation, combines pass-through taxation of a partnership with the limited liability of a corporation. With all that information, you stay above the board, fill out paperwork in a timely manner, and you'll be fine when it comes to tax season. Great, let's move on to your licensing appliance to set up the trucking part of your business. First, obtain a USDOT number. To operate as an interstate for hire carrier, you must be properly registered with the DOT and issued an operating authority by the FMCSA. Of course, be sure you even need a USDOT number. This is how everyone will track your company when collecting and monitoring your safety information acquired during audits, compliance reviews, crash investigations, and inspections. Companies that operate commercial vehicles transporting passengers or hauling cargo in interstate commerce must be registered with the FMCSA and have a USDOT number. Also, commercial intrastate hazardous material carriers who haul types and quantities requiring a safety permit must register for a USDOT number. Apart from federal regulations, some states require the intrastate commercial motor vehicle registrants to obtain a DOT number as well. Here is a quick map to those states requiring this. Second, obtain a motor carrier operating authority. The MC number is also called your operating authority. And in general, companies that do the following are required to have their interstate operating authority in addition to a DOT number. Here's Chris again with more details. If you are a for hire carrier, passenger carrier, or move federally regulated commodities, you'll need to get a Motor Carrier Operating Authority, or MC number for short. So when you talk to our trucking specialist to get your DOT number, make sure you know what you're hauling around in that truck of yours. So we can have you leave with a DOT number in one hand and an MC number in the other. But one thing we want to warn you about- Are scammers. Because your DOT number is public information, as soon as your DOT number is active, you will start receiving calls or emails from scammers that may be using scare tactics 
to get you to purchase something. We'll inform you of everything you need to know before we send you out on your own. But if you find yourself questioning an email or a phone call as legitimate, you can call us anytime to cross-check it. Now, the FMCSA registration and authority process requires additional elements to be filed outside of this application process. The FMCSA will keep your authority in a pending status until the completion of the required processes and protest periods. Your registration and authority can be granted and active in no less than 21 days, but can take much longer based on the timelines of the required filings and any red flags within the application process that might indicate a closer inspection by the FMCSA. Mistakes are costly, both in time and money, when getting everything set up to start up your company. If you have questions, fill out the form below and our licensing experts will work with you from start to finish in setting up your company. So let's move on to the other filings that need to be acquired during this pending status. Third, file a BOC3. A BOC3 is a required United States filings that activates your motor carrier authority. This filing assigns legal agents in the event court papers ever need to be served to your company by an outside state. And let's hope this never happens. It is required before federal operating authorities can be granted in the US. Four, know the heavy use tax states. Do you plan to drive heavy loads? Truckers with a vehicle that has a taxable gross weight of 55,000 pounds or more that are being operated on public highways are required to electronically file Hovit Form 2290. Once filed, you need to get a stamped copy of your Schedule 1. You must file all taxable highway motor vehicles that are required to be registered in your name under state, District of Columbia, Canadian, or Mexican law during the tax period of when the truck is first operated. To complete a 2290 Hovit form, you'll need your business name, address, employer identification number, details of an authorized signatory, and vehicle details such as VIN and weight. Number five, secure a Unified Carrier Registration or UCR. Carriers, brokers, freight forwarders, and leasing companies are required to register and pay a fee unless they also are operating as a motor carrier. But what is a UCR? Here's Chris again with the details. Unified Carrier Registration, or UCR. The UCR requires individuals and companies that operate commercial motor vehicles in interstate or international to register their business with a participating state and pay annual fees based on the size of their fleet. Number six, get an International Field Tax Agreement, or IFTA, sticker. IFTA Field Tax Permit and Reporting is required in your base state for carriers or operators of qualified motor vehicles, most commonly truckers, used in interstate operations. IFTA licensing are required for two axle power units with a gross vehicle weight or registered gross vehicle weight in excess of 26,000 pounds, three axle power units regardless of weight, and or power units that are used in combination when the weight exceeds 26,000 pounds gross vehicle or registered gross vehicle weight. Right, back to Chris on this one. Similarly, you also have to pay taxes annually on your fleet, which is called International Fuel Tax Agreement, or IFTA. IFTA requires you to fill out a fuel tax report quarterly if you drive in the U.S. and Canadian provinces. Alaska, Hawaii, and Canadian territories don't participate in this. 
One more quick note with IFTA, an operating carrier with IFTA receives an IFTA license and two decals for each qualifying vehicle. And as Chris mentioned, the carrier must file a quarterly fuel tax report, which determines the net tax or refund due and redistributes taxes from collecting states to states where it is due. In other words, this prevents you from registering with every state you drive through and filing quarterly reports for each of these states individually. And while this is nice, there are a few states that requires registration for those unique states to file the fuel tax reports. These unique states are Kentucky, New Mexico, New York, and Oregon. Number seven, obtain an international registration plan or IRP sticker. This registration gives reciprocity between the United States and Canada without the need for additional registrations, providing for payment of licensing fees on the basis of total distance operated in all jurisdictions. The same requirements for IFTA registration applies to IRP. Under this plan, only one license plate and one cab card is issued for each fleet vehicle. Well, that's enough licensing compliance talk for now. There are other hazmat and special licensing and permit requirements for unique situations. As I mentioned before, mistakes are costly when getting everything set up to start your company. If you have questions, fill out the form linked below. And lastly is DOT regulation compliance. We will cover insurance in the next video. First, driver qualification files are important. Trucking companies need to keep impeccable records in the event of an audit, which will come in the first 18 months of your new business. A driver qualification file, according to 49 CFR 390.5, is required for anyone who operates a commercial motor vehicle. This includes vehicles that weigh over 10,000 pounds and are placarded for hazardous materials or are designed or used to transport multiple passengers, at least nine or more. You are required to keep track of driver files if you are an individual who meets the definition of both a motor care and a driver employed by that motor care. A mechanic, the owner of the company, a part-time temp driver, is only driving one time, works for a private company, etc. Driver qualification files are simply the driver's personnel file that includes information of past employment, drug testing history, motor vehicle records, credit history, and more. Failure to maintain these driver qualification file basics can lead to CSA violations, fines, an unsatisfactory safety rating, and out-of-service orders. Want more information to prevent mistakes? Click the card above. Number two, join the mandatory drug and alcohol consortium. Anyone holding a commercial driver's license needs to have a pre-employment drug test and be enrolled in a DOT drug and alcohol consortium. Owner operators are required to be in a consortium to manage their drug testing program. Smaller and medium fleets also greatly benefit from allowing a third party to manage the strict drug testing rules. Companies should look for a program that meets the DOT's mandatory requirements and look for the following features. Random selections, consulting, company drug and alcohol policy support, testing at certified labs, collection site management, record keeping and reporting assistance, and MRO services. Don't know what that means or want consulting help? Fill out the consortium form linked below. Number three, install a compliant electronic logging device. An ELD is an electronic logging device capable of recording the electronic record of duty status for CMV drivers. In other words, this tracks the hours of service and drive time of a driver, but it can do so much more. Today's ELDs can actually help you grow your business. 
ELDs offer many fleet management features like diagnostic tools and advanced reporting that can help you be prepared for any audit. With their reports, you can maximize your fleet efficiency and simplify your operations. So to recap, we chatted about what you need to set up your business, the required licensing and permits needed to haul loads, and some of the most important DOT regulation compliance from drug testing to ELDs. If you think this is complicated, I am sure you will enjoy our next video where we will discuss your insurance needs. Step four of the new venture startup process is just right around the corner. Stay safe out there. Did you miss any of the previous roadmap videos? Check them out in the startup playlist. And if you need another option, check out this video as well.